everyone. Uh, we are so glad you're with us today. Uh, today we're continuing on in our series of All I Want for Christmas, and today we want peace. Everyone wants peace. In fact, there's an outline inside your bulletin that'll uh, let you follow along where I'm headed here. We're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about peace, and everybody in our world, point one, is deeply looking for peace. When I'm talking about peace, I'm talking about an internal peace, a freedom of mind from annoyance, distraction, anxiety, Christmas shopping. Oh, wait, no, that's not what it says there. But, that, but the idea there is this whole thing of tranquility and serenity. Because so many times, ironically, even though we celebrate Jesus coming into the world as the Prince of Peace, at Christmas time is a time when we experience very little peace. I mean, you can talk to anybody because we have put so much pressure on ourselves to have love and joy and peace, a great time with family and other things. Well, if you have a drinking problem, Christmas can make that worse. If you're grieving the loss of a loved one, then Christmas hurts even more. If you're feeling lonely and far away from people, well, if you're not able to join them for Christmas, that's only magnified. And so many times when we get to the uh, place where we are at this on the calendar, we're going, Lord, is there any kind of peace? Well, today I want to give you a truckload of scriptures that remind us that we can find unbelievable peace through a right relationship with Jesus. If that gives you encouragement today, would you say amen? amen. If you have come here today and you are looking for peace, oh boy, are you going to find it. And I am glad that you're here. Would you have a word of prayer with me, please? Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Lord, in this world, we are desperately looking for peace. And ironically, Lord, as we do our Christmas shopping, that seems to be frantic almost at times. And we don't even seem to be able to find peace at Christmas. And so today, would you give us peace? If you could use some peace in your life, some freedom from distraction, freedom from anxiety, some serenity, then we say, Lord, would you grant me that kind of peace? Would you teach me something I need to know today so I can find peace? Just pray that silently where you are. Lord will hear you. Father, we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Look, if we're looking for peace apart from God, the Bible says we'll never find it. Romans 3, the Apostle Paul said, all have turned away, describing all mankind here. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. They don't know where to find peace. Isaiah 57, uh, Isaiah is speaking for the Lord here, and he says, those who still reject me are like the restless sea, which is never still, but continually churns up mud and dirt. There's no peace for the wicked, says my God. And the whole idea of the waves churning up mud from the bottom is the idea of looking for something that will bring you peace, just constantly looking for something new. I mean, we do this all the time. We say, you know, if I, just, if I could just get that promotion, then I'll have peace. And then we get the promotion, and it's just a lot longer hours and a lot more work. Oh, well, if I could just get married, I have peace. If I just could get children, then I have peace, said no one who had children ever. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> but you, you understand, I mean, this is the way it works. We're constantly always saying, when I, when I retire, then I'll have peace. And when I, I, on my vacation, then I'll have peace. And even if we find peace for just a little while, we don't seem to be able to hang on to it. And all around the world, we see even very famous, very beautiful, very wealthy people. Oh, they're trying to find peace through possessions, peace through power, peace through a title, peace through drugs or something else. This will give me peace. 
but it's all short-lived, and eventually it all comes tumbling down. And that's why it's so important to acknowledge in the Christmas season that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Through Jesus, we're going to find peace. Peace that lasts forever. Peace that passes all understanding. That's why in Isaiah, this prophecy that was given 700 years before Jesus was ever born in Bethlehem, that's why this prophecy is read every Christmas. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and say this last title with me, please, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He'll rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And today I want to talk with you about why that's true and what it means for you and me, how it works. That's point three here. Through a personal relationship with Jesus, we can experience true peace. That tranquility we're talking about. Freedom from distraction. To be able to see things properly. I mean, that's, that's something that we all long for. Not to just go up and down every time the circumstances change. What's that worth? It's worth, it's worth everything. Paul said that could only come through Christ. And that it, that it does come through Christ. In fact, here's how he opened his letter to the Corinthians, the second letter of the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1. He said, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. In fact, what you'll see here is where it says, see also, <laughs> this is how he opened Romans, the letters to the Corinthians, both the letters to the Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, both the letters to the Thessalonians, his letter to Titus, his letter to Philemon. He did this every time he wrote a letter, he said, I want to remind you that Jesus gives us grace and peace. Through Jesus, there's more and more grace and peace. If it's good news to you this morning that through Jesus, there's grace and peace, would you say amen? And this is what we celebrate at Christmas time. It's really possible. Here's why. Because Jesus made it possible for us to have peace with God, the source of peace. Getting a a vintage automobile, if that's what I've always wanted. I finally get the one I've wanted, save up money, finally get it. And then a hurricane comes through. And now it's destroyed. I mean, that happened to people on the coast where they'd have a, a vacation home, a perfect place that they've saved up forever, and then a hurricane blew it away. Well, if that's where my source of peace is, well, when that's gone, the peace is gone. But what if I'm connected to God himself? He's not vulnerable to any storms. There's nothing that can happen that will be beyond his control. Well, now I can have peace in any circumstance. But the Bible tells us the problem is is that we're sinful people. And we know that. Well, how am I going to have a relationship with a holy God? I'm way too sinful to come into his presence. But that's the good news of Jesus. When Jesus came into our world, he paid the penalty for our sins. He died on the cross A cross where I should have died to pay the penalty for my sins. A cross where you should have died. He suffered and was beaten and rejected. I'm the one who should have gone through all that stuff. But he took my place, and because he did that, he opened a doorway so I can walk boldly into the throne room of heaven and ask God for whatever I need. And then I can have peace. This is what um, Peter was talking about in Acts 10. He said, this is the message of good news for the people of Israel. There is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. 
In Romans 5.1, Paul said, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Jesus made it possible for us to be connected with God, the source of all peace. Now, hang with that thought for a second. Let me go right into point B. You'll see how it connects together here. And you and I can experience God's peace if we pray. Paul again, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And then you'll experience God's peace. Listen to this. Which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> now look, when my boys were small, they would um, have a wreck where their bicycle, the handlebars would be all crooked or a wheel would get bent or something like this. And they'd bring it back to me. They had no idea how to fix it. Or they'd come in with their homework and they didn't know how to work the problems. And they'd sit down with me and we'd work the problems together. And when they'd bring me the homework problem or they'd bring me the bent-up bicycle, then I'd take it and I'd say, I'll take care of this for you. And they would have the peace of dad, which passed all their understanding. They really did. If they'd fall down and skin their knee, they'd climb up in Debbie's lap and she'd hold them and uh, they could cry for a while when they were little. And they had mom's peace guarding their hearts. And after a while, they're okay. Well, now imagine this. The Bible tells us, Jesus said, you need to think of God as your heavenly father. And I'm making a way possible for you to have a right relationship with him so you can bring all your problems to him and he'll fix them no matter how big they are. See, with my boys, there was a limit. When they were small, they had the peace of dad. But when they got bigger and they started bringing homework from like a junior in high school, when they're doing calculus and other things like this, um, the piece of dad was, didn't have very much understanding on some of this stuff, okay? And it's like they'd realize, hey, dad doesn't know everything. And mom gave up a couple of years before dad on some of this stuff, okay? All of a sudden, we were limited in our understanding, but God's not. And so here's how it works. I can boldly, because of Jesus, I can boldly walk into the throne room of God, hand him my problems, and he gives me his peace. My kids would do that. They'd hand me the bike. They didn't know how I was going to fix it. They just trusted that dad would. And I said, I got this. You go to bed. And they could do this. Psalm 4.8, in peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Would you read that verse out loud with me, please? In peace, I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Can you imagine if we really took our problems, the problems we have with relationships at work, the problems, the worries we have about our career, the concerns we have about things going on in other parts of the world? Can you imagine if instead of worrying, we actually took these things to the Lord and prayed about them and left them in his hands and said, God, I'm handing this to you. I'm going to give you my problem. I want you to give me your peace. Because then I would have the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. And it will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus, and I can lie down and sleep. Oh, my goodness, the world is looking for this. Because there are all kinds of problems that come our way. And they're too big. We can't handle them. And so we need to pray. There's a... A couple in our church, Zach and Megan Serdic, they had a, um, a problem in their marriage um, last year. And they didn't know how to handle it. Zach didn't know how to handle this. But 
he was encouraged to pray. And so he took his marriage to the Lord. And I want you to hear how God answered his prayer. This is pretty amazing. Uh, would you watch the screens, please? I'm uh, Zach. This is my wife, Megan. And um, about a year ago, we were in a really tough spot. We weren't in church. We didn't have a relationship with God. I could feel something was off in our marriage. I could feel her uh, away from me. I could feel that there wasn't a connection. And I started to, to sus suspect things. And uh, I looked on her phone one night, and my it felt like my life came tumbling down. All the suspicions had been realized, and I, I saw... I saw the things that were, were being, you know, being said, and I felt a tremendous amount of heartbreak and pain and anger, and it was really tough not having my, my wife the way I thought I did. I had an affair. Um, well, I have left him and our girls. Um, and I was just kind of living my life like I was, I don't know, single. Yeah. Pretty much. The only thing I could do was pray. All I could do. Um, that was my first instinct. And I hadn't prayed in years. And, but I, I ran to him and I prayed. And, I, and over that time, I, I laid it at his feet and I let him handle it, realizing that I can't do it. It's not in my power to restore my marriage. All I could do was love my wife and pray. I felt like God was starting to work on me a little bit, like he was just trying to like break in a little bit of that, um, that hardness in my heart. And um, a little bit went by and Zach came by and asked me if I wanted to uh, eat lunch with him. And so I agreed and um, I had just, I kind of kept hearing, you know, something in my mind saying, it's okay, just, you know, let it go, you know, just, just come back. Like, um, it felt like God just opened up the heavens and it just, he was shining down on me. And I felt this overwhelming presence of like love and peace and just, um, forgiveness. And I was just at that point, I was like, okay, I just, I throw, I'm, I'm done. This is enough. And we were in the middle of McAllister's crying. We've talked about this before. It was like, I came unraveled, but he never let go of that string. And he just kind of pulled me back saying, you know, this enough is enough. And um, you are my child. And I, I immediately felt this overwhelming, just comfort and just peace that, you know, he still loved me no matter what I did. If you give it to God, I mean, it really, he really can work. He really can give you peace and give you that sense of forgiveness. It's not perfect, but our marriage is better than it's ever been now that God is in the center of our marriage in our, in our house. Yeah, I hope you applaud that. Hey, if you've come here today and you feel like you know somebody, their relationship is on the ropes, and you go, is there any hope for this? Does God ever repair marriages? Well, you can ask Zach and Megan. 
You could ask Zach, and you'd go, well, Zach, what was the key? The key was to pray, to bring a problem that he couldn't handle to the Lord because the Lord could handle it. He took his problem to God, and God gave Zach his peace. And you can see the result of this. God touched Megan's heart. She repented, came back. It's amazing. Why do we celebrate the birth of Jesus? Because the Prince of Peace came into the world. We can have a right relationship with God again. We have a, a wide open avenue because of Jesus to bring all our problems to him. Why wouldn't that be the best news ever? That's why the angels were singing. Glory to God. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Please don't miss this this Christmas season. If we pray, we can experience God's peace. We're going to have a time of prayer before you leave here this morning. Be thinking about this now. If there is something you've been hanging on to that's been chewing on you, we're going to let it go today. We're going to give it to God and say, God, I'm going to give you my problem. God, I want you to give me your peace. God has peace because there's no problem he can't handle. We're going to do that. That brings us to point C. If you open up your outline, please. We can experience God's peace in every circumstance if we surrender control of every part of our lives to the Holy Spirit. Not just our problems, but every part of our lives. I mean, if I surrender my finances to the Lord, I can have God's peace about my finances because now he's guiding me in my finances. Surrender my marriage, surrender my future, surrender my past. It's all about surrendering to God's control. 2 Thessalonians 3, the Apostle Paul. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. If you'd underline at all times and in every situation. This is what is so great about having a right relationship with the Lord. The Lord is everywhere. This is what's so great about having the Holy Spirit inside of us. Jesus said in John 14, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he'll remind you of everything I've told you. I'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace i give is a gift the world cannot give so don't be troubled or afraid the world can give us peace for a little while with a great vacation the world can give us peace to a possession until it gets old or it gets stolen or it gets blown away by a hurricane the world can give us a little bit of peace every now and then and jesus said no i don't give you peace like the world gives i'm going to give you ultimate peace and he said, it's going to be because the Holy Spirit, I'm going to, when he said, I'm going to go to heaven and prepare a place for you, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. He told his disciples, the Holy Spirit will be in you. I mean, see, that's what's so great. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of us, it doesn't matter what's happening around us. Because the peace of God lives in our hearts. So in every circumstance. Romans 8, 6, Paul said, letting your sinful nature control control your mind that leads to death but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace no matter the circumstances now if that's good news to you this christmas would you say amen, amen. imagine peace in any circumstance and this is what you find when you find people who've been rightly related to the lord and they've surrendered their lives to the control of the holy spirit they can go through the loss of a friend they can go through the loss of a job they can go through illness they can go through all kinds of reversals they can go through great times, and they just seem to be even keeled. Well, what's their secret? And they go, it's the Lord. He's changed me. He gives me peace in every circumstance. Oh, this is what the Lord wants for all of us.
It's funny, while I was working on this outline the other day, Friday morning, I get a uh, text from um, our credit card company, and they said, are you buying some? Are you buying a thousand dollars worth of stuff on a website in Minneapolis? And it's like, no, I'm not right now. And they go, well, somebody is with your credit card. Do you want this to continue? Well, no. Okay. So I contacted them and we worked through some things. And what gave me great peace was they were able to go through my credit card statement and they found this person had been trying. They somehow gotten a hold of the number and they were running up all kinds of stuff. And they were able to cancel all those things. And it gave me great peace to know that somebody was watching over that number no matter where it was being used. Now multiply that times 10 million. The Lord's watching over every circumstance. He knows every need before it comes to pass. He knows every situation we're going through, and he lives inside of us. This is why I want to trust him more. Point D, you and I can experience God's peace if we meditate on God's word and do what it says. See, this is a wonderful gift, the Bible. When we read God's word, we understand who God is. The Bible tells us that the very words on these pages are energized by the Holy Spirit. God inspired the men who wrote these words down, who recorded them. And so when you and I read these words... They jump up and minister to us. I wouldn't be surprised if some of you have already circled something or underlined something or put a star next to a verse. You're going, I can't believe you read that today. That's exactly what I need to hear. In fact, when I pray through these outlines, that's what I'm praying for. It's why we put so many scriptures in here and we chalk this one full with all kinds of scriptures about peace. But I didn't even hit the tip of the iceberg. So last week, as I was trying to read through everything the Bible had to say about peace, I discovered there's more than 300 places in the Bible where it talks about peace. More than 300. Because it's such a big need. And it's what God alone can give us. May God give you more and more peace. This is 2 Peter 1, 2. As you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. He'll give us more and more as we grow in our knowledge. Listen to Psalm 119, verse 165. Those who love your instructions, they have great peace and do not stumble. See, as I get to know God better, and I know how he interacted with Moses and Abraham and David, as I get to know how he interacted with his disciples, and I get to understand the prophecies and the things that are yet to come, and I understand all this wisdom that he gave Solomon, who, was, who wrote all these proverbs and poems for things for us to understand, all of a sudden, I begin to think like God thinks, and I, I can now trust him more. And I know areas of my life to lay down to his control that I wasn't even aware of. And so as I spend more time with him, my relationship grows, and the more I trust him, the more peace I have. That's why Paul said in Philippians 4, 9, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and then the peace of God will be with you in every circumstance as we read God's word and surrender our lives to the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about how wonderful this is. As my boys grew up and moved off to college, I can't go with them. But no matter where my boys have gone, the Holy Spirit's with them. That gives me peace for their sake. Because God loves them more than I do. And I can trust that he's going to guide them in situations that I can't even imagine. And that brings us to uh, 
an important point here. If you and I want to experience God's peace, we need to stay away from three things that'll just suck the peace out of us every time. These are three things that'll do it. First of all, overloaded schedules. Overloaded schedules. See if you can re- relate to this verse, Job 3.26. I have no peace, I have no quiet, I have no rest, and trouble just keeps coming. Yeah, that was Thursday, okay? I mean, th- we could all relate to that at different times. Well, an overloaded schedule, if I've got an overloaded schedule, I've got way too much in, packed into a day, I won't have time to pray. And even if I have a problem I need to bring to God, I don't have time to pray about it. I don't have time to read God's word and reflect on what it says to me. I don't have time to surrender and just sit there and say, God, is there something I need to surrender to you today? I got to make sure I don't put too much in the schedule. A second thing that will steal my peace is rebellion. This is doing something you know you need to do and you don't do it. Put another, put in the margin, write this word, procrastination. Oh yeah, I would have to go there. Okay. When I refuse to confess my sin, listen to David talk about this. He had a Guilty conscience, his guilt was weighing heavy on him. He said, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long, day and night. Your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. And finally I confessed all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I'll confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. You heard it with Megan. She said, I, when she repented, when she confessed, when she turned around and came back, She found love and peace. In this Christmas season, if you have been running from the Lord, stop running. Come home. Jesus loves you. He loves all of us. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And a big trick of the devil is God will never accept you. Keep running. Oh, it's a lie. There's love and forgiveness and peace through Christ Jesus our Lord, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done. And finally, here's one other thing that will just suck the peace right out of us, is doubt. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. This is when I take a problem to God, and then I take it right back again. Mm. Lord says, hey, Bring me your problems and leave them there. Just leave them there. Now we go through all these things so that God can bring us peace on the inside. But God also wants us to be agents of peace in the world in which we live. And that's the last point I want to hit here with y'all. God wants us to help spread peace to others. He not only wants us to have peace on the inside for ourselves, he wants us to have external peace, a state of harmony between people or groups, especially in personal relations. Three things we can do. First of all, we can do our part to live at peace with others. I mean, this Christmas season, we have a laboratory for this. So if I'm in a, uh, a long line of people trying to check out, and I really let the checkout person have it when they've had a stressful day already, and the thing wasn't marked correctly or something isn't working, and I just complain to that person who's overworked already, that's not the best I can do. Laying on the horn behind the guy who's waiting at the light because he was checking his phone for something and just laying on the horn and letting him have it for a long time. Peace on earth, okay? It's probably not what he's thinking. I mean, what if I thought like this? What if I said, hey, I can be an agent of peace 
when people are stressed out right now, how can I bring peace to my office, peace to the shopping, peace to parking, peace to my family? If, it, if it's possible, Paul said, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it's written, it's mine to avenge. I'll repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, then feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Uh, Don Darling, who's a, our site pastor in Montgomery, he's been working with some folks uh, recovering from the hurricane down at the beach. And one of the folks whose house he was working on, their next-door neighbor, didn't have anybody helping him. And Don and some others went over there and said, hey, we'll help you. This, this guy just broke down in tears. He didn't know where to turn for help. And it brought him so much peace that there were people he didn't even know who would just help him. I mean, that brings us to point B. You and I can be peacemakers. If I'm angry and complaining, I can be a troublemaker. Anybody ever met any of those? Yeah. I can be a noisemaker. Got lots of those. I can make a scene. I can be a scene maker. Or I can be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. You know who said that? Jesus. Jesus would love for us to be peacemakers as we celebrate his birthday. I can do my part. I can be a peacemaker. I can look for opportunities, and if I'm not sure what to do, tie it together with this, point C, I can pray for those things. I can pray for peace. I mean, think if we got up every day and we said, Lord, can I be an agent of peace for you today? Would you open my eyes to situations where people need peace? Would you show me how to cool things down rather than heat things up? Would you show me ways I can serve people? Please, Lord, I just want to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all those who are in authority so we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. That's Paul writing to Timothy. Here's Paul writing to the Romans. For the kingdom of God is a matter of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you, if you serve Christ with this attitude, you'll please God and others will approve of you too. I mean, what if we got a little over a week till Christmas? What if we just said, hey, between now and Christmas, I'm going to be praying every day. I'm going to experiment with this, and then next year we can make it a resolution. But I'm going to make, make it a point to pray every day, Lord, will you help me be a peacemaker? To do good, to be kind. Would you open my eyes to situations where that's needed? He'll bring us to places more than we can imagine. So here are seven questions to ask ourselves this Christmas. Have I surrendered control of my life to the Prince of Peace? What problems and concerns do I need to give to God in prayer? What's stealing my peace? When will I spend time in God's Word so I can get to know Him better? To whom do I need to apologize? I mean, that's a big part of being a peacemaker. To whom do I need, or who do I need to forgive? To whom could I show kindness? And when will I pray for peace in me? 
When will I pray for peace in my family? When will I pray for peace at work? So to close our service today, I want to do something special. We don't normally do this. If you're visiting with us today, here's what I'd like for us to do. I want us to pray about those things. You could even leave this outline open if you wanted to. Because we're going to pray about a couple of these bullet points right now. And if you're comfortable with this and you're able to do this, I'd like for you to turn around and kneel at your chair. To use your chair as kind of a kneeling bench. If you're comfortable with this. You remain seated if you want. But if you could do that right now, I'm going to guide us through just a short prayer time for a couple of minutes. Because I don't want us to leave here today with stuff heavy on our hearts. If you could, turn around. Get on your knees. Just be for a couple of minutes, if you're able. Lord, sometimes it helps if we just turn around and get on our knees and acknowledge that you are the Prince of Peace and we are the people with trouble. So before we leave here today, Lord, I don't want to carry a bunch of junk out with me. First of all, is there a problem that you're facing this Christmas? Is there a relationship that's in trouble? Are you worried about something? Would you surrender that to the Lord right now and say, God, I'm on my knees. You know I need your help with this. I have no idea what to do. Whatever it is, surrender it to him. Give him your problem. He'll give you his peace. Heavenly Father, is there someone I need to forgive? Is there someone, Lord, that I need to make an apology to? Lord, if I want to be a peacemaker, it starts right there. And God, please show me. And if there's somebody I need to do that to, give me the words to say. Please give me the courage to follow through so I can let go and have peace. Father, I want you to fill every part of my life. I don't want you to have just part of my life. I want you to have the whole thing. I surrender every part of my life to you. Fill me with your spirit. Show me what to do, Lord. I surrender my marriage. I surrender my tongue. I surrender my money. I surrender my fears of the future. I surrender my guilt over the past. Lord, I surrender my sins. I surrender my dreams. I surrender my joys. Lord, I want you to have all of me right now in the name of Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. Grant me peace. I can't do this on my own. Gracious God, we are grateful that you are always more ready to listen than we are to pray. We pray these things now in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, the wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace. Amen.